Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Four days, no balloon party. <laughs> yeah. Now I know you want it. Jackson, my name's Tim McKernan. Hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I haven't seen you in a while. I know. It's been at least four minutes since we did <laughs> HD2 Radio together. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you'll notice Jackson has a new hairstyle, and it's the buzz of the uh, of the radio program down the hallway that uh, airs on uh, YouTube.com slash TMASTL and 105.7 HD2, and that's called uh, The Morning After. It's not as slicked back now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like, I mean, hey, I'm jealous. I can't grow that. Right, right. Yeah, well, you know, I get out of the shower. My hair's a little longer, and so I slick it back, and it usually dries and adjusts itself. But at the beginning of TMA, it had been like an hour and a half since my shower. Right. And so it was still a touch wet, and so it was more slick back. And I got a lot of Pat Riley yep. comps, which is fine by me. That's and one of the greatest basketball lines ever. And you you were more Gene Shalit, which was kind of a surprising analogy. Number one, that you knew he existed. And by the way, he is still with us at 97, yep. and he will join us right before Jeremy Rutherford. And then secondarily, that you compared yourself to Gene Shalit. Well, he's the best comp I could come up with, right. but because uh, Doug Vaughn was commenting that I was slicking the sides back <laughs> as well, and that's because if I don't, I get the Gene Shalit, maybe Doc Brown might be a better comp, nice. but the where the, the hair kind of fuzzes Christopher out. Christopher Lloyd? Yeah, Christopher Lloyd. It puffs out to the side, and then you got like a whole situation going on there on the side of your head that I don't want to do, so I slick it back. God, I guess we, we have broken the number of viewers record and I just went in. They're here in the hair. 175. Oh. Is it because people want to see Jackson's hair? I mean, are they loaded for... I mean, the record used to be 161 on the Balloon Party YouTube uh, 101 ESPN channel. Yeah, there's also a new Cardinal. Uh, 182 now. It's just breaking it. Uh, yeah, the Sunny Gray News. So how about this? I was I was talking it over with... Uh, I guess Kerry was off today, mm-hmm. uh, I gather. I didn't see him. And uh, talking it over with Randy Carricker, Brooke Grimsley, and Matt Rocchio. And... I said, so are the people happy about Sonny Gray or are they not happy about Sonny Gray? And Randy said they were accused of being too uh, soft on the Cardinals and then also too hard on the Cardinals. And I thought, okay. I said, well, what did you say? And he goes, I guess I started off the show angry. I said, why would you spend this much money to be 81 and 81? I go, oh, that's, how can somebody say that you're being soft on the Cardinals if you say that? I don't, I don't follow that. And, and Randy, much like Doug Vaughn, has achieved nirvana. And she goes, I don't know. I'm just kind of <laughs> used to it now. Have a good show, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, I, I long 
I long for that peace that Doug Vaughn and Randy Carricker have. Because uh, th- that's not my perspective, but when he says it, I kind of go, yeah, I see what he's saying. Here is where I am on the Cardinal offseason, now that they have just signed three starters in a matter of six days. I am so happy, not about who they brought in, but I'm so happy that it looks like they will not be tying themselves into a five-year or longer contract with a pitcher who I think is at peak value. Right Now, I realize people may not be all that excited about Sonny Gray. I, I, Sonny Gray to me, I, I cited a, a tweet this morning from a gentleman, and I forget his name. I, wanna, I don't want to mess up his name, so, but he writes for Viva Albertos, and I saw Sonny Gray trending. I clicked on it, and this gentleman from Viva Albertos tweeted out, uh, that Sonny Gray was almost, always the most cardinal Z free agent of the top <laughs> tier free agents, and I couldn't agree more. I'm like, that gentleman right there summed up my thoughts. Right. That's exactly what I thought. And I'm, I, I'm at peace with Sonny Gray just because it's three years, and if it's an absolute dumpster fire, it's over after 2026. You sign Nola or Snell, and now you've got Wilson Contreras and Nola Snell on the back end of their careers, and you are locked in for long term, and you are really exposing yourself to damaging the back end of the decade. So I am not viewing, I now will view for the purpose of the conversation, the Cardinals signing Sonny Gray through the lens of what it does for 2024, which I imagine most fans are probably thinking, and I'll get there. I was really worried the Cardinals were going to do something this offseason that would screw up 2027, 8, and 9. Right. And from my standpoint, they did not do that. I actually don't even know how you could say they do that because none of the guys they've signed will be pitching for the Cardinals or period, unless they play some wiffle ball in 2027, 2028, and 2029. Right. Now, for those looking through the lens of how does it help 2024, I mean, it, it's, 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 is it improved? You're, you're damn right it is. Right. I don't know how somebody could say it's not. Um, does it make them a world championship contender? I would say no, but the thing about the World Series is now it's just like, hey, you know, maybe it'll be Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. You know, that, that's how, and that's a reference to the Final Four in college basketball. And Miami was in there. Miami, Florida Atlantic, UConn. I thought San Diego State was in there. Yeah, maybe in San really, Diego State. Yeah. yeah, that's the four. And that's, that's what, so it's just like, okay. And if you look at the National League Central, it's like it's the Cardinals and Cubs, unless the Reds go off and start signing yeah. pitchers. Yeah. That's the team that I would say has the makeup to possibly do it if they can get some pitching. But right. other than that, that's it. And so the Cardinals aren't competing in the American League East or the National League East or even the National League West, although that's probably going to be downgraded with the Padres situation this year. So that's what they're going to do. John Mazalek said, I'll get you three pitchers. He went and got three pitchers. I would I would think that most Cardinal fans are happy about it. They're probably happy about it from viewing the Sonny Gray thing as him being, you know, he did finish second in the Cy Young in the American League. I'm not happy about it through that lens. I'm just happy that I don't feel like they blew up the franchise for the 2020s with this free agency. And so if they're good next year, great. But, you know, I don't go, oh my God, look what the Cardinals have done. I go, the Cardinals will have one contract they'll not enjoy in 2026, and that's Wilson Contreras. Yeah, right. 
as of this moment, anyway. Currently, and yeah. that 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 gives me peace. I think that's I think that's outstanding. The thing is, I know most fans don't view it through that lens, and so for me to keep focusing on that when people want to talk about twenty twenty four may be misguided. But I have to give you my honest assessment, and that's my honest assessment. Jackson, what do you think? I think short of getting Yamamoto. Getting Sonny Gray for three years, $75 million, is the best the Cardinals could have done when looking at the entire picture, when looking at being competitive in 2024 and not hamstringing yourself later on in the decade. I think Sonny Gray, who has shown that he, I mean, he finished second in the Cy Young voting last year. I mean, this guy has got good stuff. He's certainly towards the back end of his career, but you're only signing him for three years. It's not, that, I mean, the concern with Gray was signing him for like five or six years. And oh, then I you're, never saw that happening. And the, but, 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 but at the same time, I never saw him signing Contreras for as long as they signed him. Right, like that. that is what, the market is kind of looking like is a little bit longer deal. So to get Sonny Gray three or $75 million is probably the best option short of signing Yamamoto because if you sign Snell, you're signing a guy at peak value when he's going to be later in his career. Same for a bunch of other pitchers like Aaron Nola especially. I think you kind of got out. If you're trying to both be competitive in 2024 and competitive is obviously a relative term, but also not ham- hamstring yourself down the road, Sonny Gray and the other two guys are the best they probably could have done. Uh, I don't know if I would go with when you include Sonny Gray and the other two guys. Sonny Gray from, I, I will agree with that. The other two guys. I well, if you're I, not, well, certainly for the back half of the decade, you are saving yourself. Right. Only I, just, I, I mean, I went into this offseason thinking that they were either going to wind up doing, not that they were going to do nothing, but that it was just going to be incredibly underwhelming and the fan base would be raging already more than they were raging. Or. They would. I really thought it'd be Nola, mm-hmm. and it'd be some ridiculous deal, right. and it would kill them, and it would kill them for the back half of the decade. And now, unless I mean, it's just not going to, it's not like the ones that could get you now. They're yeah. not going to be in the mix for those, right, right. and so that just, I love that. Mm-hmm. So if somebody were to say, oh, you know, I'm being soft on the car. I mean, you can say, I, you know, you're welcome to that. But again, I'm not saying, man, I think the Cardinals shall win now in 2024. It's not what I'm saying. I just didn't think the Cardinals were going to win in 2024, most likely anyway. But as we're seeing, anybody can win in in the game of baseball. The test of the regular season has been reduced now to college basketball. But with regard to the Cardinals being live to return to a year-in, year-out, top-of-the-league threat... In the back half of the decade, I feel like this offseason, by the moves they made, keep that in play. And I really like that. You only have one contract beyond 2025 where you go, oh, I don't know about that one. And that's the Contreras one. It's not a pitcher that there's a list on The Athletic this morning, a column on the 10 worst contracts in baseball. And did you see that column? I, th- I think I saw one from And last damn week. near every one of them is a starting pitcher. Right. Oh, yeah. It All can destroy a franchise having those financial albatrosses. And I was really concerned that was the route the Cardinals were going to go. Mm-hmm. And so, and also, here's another thing. One of the things that's, that many, including myself, by the way, uh, have been critical about the Cardinals is that they are passive. My God, they signed three pitchers in six days, and they were the aggressors. Mm-hmm. They went out and did what they thought they needed to do. Again, I don't think they're thinking, okay, World Series, here we come. But yeah, they're, they got three pitchers, and one of them was second in the league in Cy Young uh, voting this year in the American League to, to Garrett Cole's win and Sonny Gray. So I want to make it clear. I'm not going, oh my God, they, this team could really win the World Series. I don't, I don't see it that way. 
I see they have reduced their contractual risk in a year that is most likely got a little bit of transition, but they've done it in a way by getting Sonny Gray that I don't think people would be able to call it a transition year. Right. And on top of it, because they're in the National League Central and because of the stupid-ass format in Major League Baseball, yeah, they have a shot. And have they improved since where they were last week? Yes. Now, I realize that's a very low bar. I want to make that clear. But... You know, I, from that standpoint, I just this is about next to getting Yamamoto, as you said. This is about the best case scenario, not because of Gibson or Lynn, but because of the reduction of risk beyond 2024 that they could have made. And I'm so thrilled by that. Yeah. And, and again, it's 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 their own doing that they're in this spot. But I love the fact that they aren't going to be locked into some terrible deal where they overpaid. They overpaid in years for Dexter Fowler. They overpaid in years for Wilson Contreras. And I know the Wilson Contreras thing is, for whatever reason, in St. Louis right now, the new Sam Bradford discussion. But I think if we were to be honest, I think the Cardinals would like to have that one back. But maybe you think that they love it. I'll, you know, to each their own on that one. I think we'll all agree that they wish they had the Dexter Fowler one back, and that that jury's already returned with its verdict. And you can't, if you're the Cardinals, have those kinds of contracts on the books. And from my standpoint, they're going to get out of this offseason without it. I don't know if they're necessarily done. I wouldn't think they would be. By the way. Think, I don't think they are. Um, so I don't know what that would mean if they would look at trading Michaelis, who's under contract through 25. That's an option. Uh, trade for bullpen arms. <laughs> you know, if you trade Michaelis and then you, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, yes, absolutely on bullpen. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on rotation and obviously I want to trade away some outfielders. So, yeah, it's, it's not what I was expecting in yeah. the sense that I expected him to go heavy on years and and put the Cardinals in a really rough spot in the back half of the decade, and they didn't do that. So in that, from that standpoint, I'm excited. Now, if I were only thinking about the Cardinals winning the World Series in 2024, I would not be excited. No, but and I think more fans are viewing it through that lens. Sure. But I really worried they were going to blow this, not blow it up, but put themselves in a bad spot in the back half of the decade, and I feel like they've avoided that. So uh, do you like it or do you not? Text in yes or no. It's that simple. I couldn't make it any simple. Do you like it or not? Yes or no. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service. Text line. Uh, you can write the same thing in the YouTube chat. 264 people. What the hell's going on? The record was 160. It's all about your her? It's a slick back, man. That's what it is? It's people going. Maybe I'll come in with a cheap pay tomorrow. Yeah, but don't say anything. Like It's like <laughs> business as usual. And just not address it. Yeah, right. And also like walk on stilts and be 6'7". Yeah. It's like new improved Tim, but we won't say anything oh my about God. it. Uh, Jackson's hair. I mean, the record was 160, 165. We're at 266. Tiny Peepee needs like a commission. For real. I mean, it's Tiny Peepee. Yeah. He's really spreading the word. He's something else. Yeah. It's all Tiny Peepee. All right. Uh, join in the YouTube chat because it's certainly now at 271. Another new record. 271, another new record. Uh, get in the YouTube chat, uh, 101 ESPN. The program is called Balloon Party, and it is driven by Mungan S. Burkhard, Alton Toyota. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. Driven by Mungan S. Burkhard, Alton Toyota, Timothy Michael McKernan, Jackson yeah, that was the first syllable was actually right. Bennett. Oh, I was going to go Belvedere. That would probably be more apt. 
but uh, my middle name is Bennett. Thoughts on Mr. Belvedere, 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. And then also, uh, you can text in, uh, yes or no, do you like the Sonny Gray signing? Do you like what the Cardinals have done in general this offseason? And I want to make it crystal clear what my position is. Yeah. Am I excited about 2024? Eh, whatever. I never, I never had hopes for 2024. But the Cardinals have not put themselves in a position like I think the Philadelphia Phillies have and the San Diego Padres did in which they're going to be hamstrung by bad contracts. Right. And that is a win because in my mind, either the Cardinals weren't going to do anything or be able to do anything or they were going to overpay and then we're going to be looking at like 40-year-old Blake Snell finishing off his contract here in 2032. And I'd be like, why do they do this? But to their credit, they didn't do it. I think I think some fans are looking through the lens of why in the hell would they sign these guys if they really want to be competitive? And I understand that. I understand that. It's just not where I was viewing this offseason because, again, I just didn't think that this was a team that could realistically all of a sudden get some top-tier rotation. It just wasn't going to realistically happen. So I suppose it depends on what your expectations were. But my God, is it an older rotation? Yeah, it's it's veteran presence is certainly uh, abundant, but I guess if you were to look at the three pitchers they signed and Gibson and Lynn, focusing on them, if you were looking at guys with similar contracts, we've got one year, ten million around that. The difference between Lynn and Gibson and the other guys you could have got at that spot are probably very marginal come the end of the season. Like if this was the plan to get Sonny Gray, so that you had enough money to get Sonny Gray and get guys who need innings. Lynn and Gibson are going to be as good as anybody else in that regard. Probably. I don't know. Obviously, this is all speculative, but I just don't imagine that anyone else getting that kind of contract for one year is going to be light years better. Maybe, but I don't know. Uh, taking a step back, by the way, and, and again, I, if you're interested in 2024 conversation, this probably isn't the show for you at the, on this particular day. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure plenty do want to discuss that. It's uh-huh. just not where I am. And hey, maybe they, you know, they, they certainly are alive to win the National League Central, but again, that's because of the division and not because, oh, well, the Cardinals are all of a sudden. Uh, but but here is, here is my taking a step back thought process. The Cardinals starting rotation in 2027, which isn't all that far off, name somebody who's a member of it right now. I guess, and th- I mean, it's all you're going to be naming minor leaguers. Yeah, I mean, my, my point and... is, and in a way, good, right? Good, right? The, they're just not stuck with a bad pitching deal. Well, the reason why I was high on Yamamoto, straight up age, and in reading these stories about him, I mean, the people who have faced him and the people who have covered him just ray like it's otherworldly. But if the Cardinals were like. It ain't going to happen. There's just, you know, there's 10 teams like us who are willing to pay whatever. Mm-hmm. We know Sonny Gray can accomplish what we want to accomplish. We, we got to get him. We can get him now. If we do this, now, then fine. Then I understand it. Again, it doesn't like thrill me, but I, but I wasn't going to be thrilled for 2024. What thrills me is that they're not going to be stuck with a bad deal. And that in a bad long-term deal. That's what I like. I like the contract and the team has improved its rotation. And from that standpoint, fine. You know, it shouldn't be a last place operation in 2024. 
do I think it's a World Series team? No, but at the same time, what is a World Series team and what is yeah. not has changed so much with this playoff format yep. that you know you go okay. And then on top of it, the two Cardinal teams that did win the World Series were two teams that going into the playoffs you weren't thinking World Series with in 2006 and 2011. The teams that you did think would win the World Series 2004, yeah. uh, perhaps 2009, 2000, and uh, maybe 2013, they didn't. Right. So it, it just shows the crapshoot nature that existed even before this format, but this format certainly exacerbates it. Alright, what time we got here, Jackson? Is it like, well, not 10.28, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Got Jeremy Rutherford coming up at 10.45. Um... Give give me one question on the Little Piddles weekend wrap up. I mean, give, give me one. Sure, Tim, I can give you one. Just because I want to make sure I, and then we'll do all weekend wrap up in the next segment. Then Jr. Sounds good to me, Tim. Let's get into the Little Piddles weekend wrap up. The Tigers have captured their three oh seven new record. These are TMA like numbers now. Yeah, these are TMA. These are these are bigger than TMA numbers actually. Yeah, average wise, yeah, it would be. What's going on? It's all about your hair. The slick back, man. It's something God. else. It's really something else. Uh, well, it's also something else is that the Tigers have captured their t- first 10 win season in a decade after decimating Arkansas in every facet. After watching Missouri this season, do you truly think they are one of the five to seven best teams in college yes. football? Instantaneous answer on that. All right. Love that. With a similar roster on the offensive side, do you think Drink and the Tigers have the opportunity to take it to the next level in 2024? Yes, you can look at the schedule right now and go, oh, that looks favorable. But if, but the thing about it is, you know, there's going to be a team on there who is going to overachieve, and there's probably going to be a team on there who's going to underachieve. On this very program this year, gotten plenty of things wrong. Don't get me wrong. Now, you're not supposed to say that when you do sports talk radio. You focus on the things you get right, even if it's like one out of 10, and then you never talk about the nine out of 10 you get wrong. I've dumped out of this, so thank you. That never existed. But uh, what, what team in the SEC did we short this year? Do you remember uh, this? Did we short? We shorted. Oh man, Tennessee is the answer. Just for timing, if we were on TMA, I'd give you eight minutes to figure it out. Thank but you. But on this program, I gotta keep her moving. Tennessee, we short. We both did, and what we both bought on Missouri, we yep. both yep. bet the Definitely over. That, and I yeah. finally received my money. Uh, yeah, me too. Sunday for the for the the it. over six and a half on uh, on Missouri. But did I think if you would have set the over under nine and a half, would I have bet that? No, no I wouldn't no. have bet that. Um, but yeah, I do think, I, th- I think Missouri five or seven best teams in the country. I know that some like Illinois fans or Kansas fans or people who just don't like college football will say, oh, you say that because you went to Missouri. I would present to you that a number of Missouri fans have said, I've been anti-Missouri. Uh, I just tell you what I honestly think. And I actually think that this team may be the best team I have seen in my lifetime at Missouri, which sounds ridiculous. And the reason it sounds ridiculous is because the 2007 team got to number one in the country and the 2013 team, like the 2007 team, was a win away from playing for the national championship. This team, however, had to deal with LSU and what might be the UCLA of college football in Georgia. And they were right there with both of them. I think they should have beaten LSU, and you could make a case that the Georgia game was in play, and they were the better team in the first half of that game. Uh, So with that all said, the 2007 team uh, went to Norman and got beat fairly handily and lost handily in the Big 12 championship game. And the 2013 team lost at home, albeit a game that they probably shouldn't have lost to South Carolina the same night the Cardinals won on the uh, fielder's interference call in Game 3 of the World Series. And, uh, and then lost to Auburn in the SEC championship. I just think as far as offensive line play in particular, this team 
is in another world. And then they also can have games where the defense can carry them. It's just, it's not necessarily the star-studded roster of 2007, and it isn't necessarily what you saw in 2013, but I think that uh, as far as line play goes, this has been ridiculous offensive line play. And uh, if I was giving an MVP, it would be the offensive line, and that's not shorting Brady Cook, Luther Bird, or Cody Schrader. I've loved watching them play. But I just think the offensive line has been the difference. Uh, So certainly with the transfer portal, anything's in play to return. The non-conference schedule next year will be, if if I can do some soothsaying, Mm -hmm. the fact that it's Buffalo, another team I don't really know much about, and home game against Boston College and a road game at UMass. If Missouri's one of those borderline teams when it comes to getting into the top 12, that is going to be a strike against them unless Boston College brings back Doug Flutie and they have a big surprising right, year right. 40 years after uh, the 1984 Boston College team. Otherwise, Missouri's got a non-conference situation. They tried to get out of that UMass game. Missouri has a road game in Amherst, Massachusetts. I would imagine 1% of the audience knows that, that Jim Sterk set up. They tried to get out of it. I don't think they're going to be able to get out of it. And so their non-conference schedule is is warm garbage yeah. next year. But you still have the SEC schedule, and that now will include Oklahoma next year. All right, uh, we'll do more of the weekend wrap-up in the second half of Balloon Party. Jeremy Rutherford joins us. You are listening to 101 ESPN and watching on YouTube. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Party 101 ESPN. We're in the midst of the weekend wrap-up. A lot of Cardinal discussion with the news of the three-year, $75 million deal the Cardinals have signed with Sonny Gray, Ken Rosenthal, and the details. And the contract, John Heyman, around 6.50 this morning with the tweet that got Cardinal fans talking. Your thoughts are welcome, as it has been a focal point of the discussion this morning here on 101 ESPN. And you can watch the show in the YouTube chat, and everybody is talking about Jackson's hair. It is fun to watch, and it's fun for me to just look at. Jeremy Rutherford coming up at 10.45. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the midst of the weekend wrap-up. The Little Piddles weekend wrap-up. And here we go. All right, now that Rivalry Week is behind us, let's play out the hand. Who do you think will be in the CFP? Give me the scenarios. Is there any way Florida State gets left out if they run the table? I do not think they should. I would hope that they don't. At the same time, this is the end of this format. So in a way, it wouldn't necessarily lead to landmark legislation. The bigger shame is that this format uh, didn't end last year because I would love to see what Missouri could do in the college football playoff with 12 teams this year. With that all said, God, Jackson, I can't help but think Alabama is live AF this Saturday at the Mercedes-Benz Dome Stadium Pavilion. Yeah, they actually just added the pavilion. Yeah, yeah, it's pavilion now. Uh, they're they're a five point underdog. Yep. And if that happens, oh, Bill, 
Oh, Bill. Because that, oh, that could cause either or both. All hell to break loose. It could cause both of them either going to the CFP or both of them not going to the CFP, which could also knock Mizzou out of this New Year's Six Bowl. There's a, I mean, that, that, that would be like worst case scenario for Missouri. But just in terms of college football, you have, there's a lot of big questions. Because I think everyone would agree that, I mean, it's subjective, not objective, I should say, for a state if they win against Louisville, will be undefeated and have an uh, undefeated season. But are they one of the four best teams in college football? I don't think that they are. Yeah. However, <laughs> I, that's on me. 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 Listen, I'm a guy. I'm a. I'm a bit guy. I know. That's I always mean. have been. I'm a catchphrase bit guy who needs a setup to deliver my material that I've written out on index cards to make sure that I hit. I know, and I just and I it just ruined the momentum of what was going to be a world class. However, I know. Yeah, I don't care how that how good that her looks. That's bad. That's a bad look. However, I think that Florida State is not one of the best teams. However, I, I, they got to get in. Yeah, if you're undefeated, you got to get in. They're power five. It's not like you know. It's not Cincinnati of years ago. Or and if there's a debate between Texas and Alabama, and they're both sitting there with one loss, Texas has to go. They just have to. I mean, I, 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 I would recognize Alabama would have the best win, but the thing is, Texas would probably then have the second best win. Yes, and it was against Alabama in their building. Yep. So it's quite a spot as a college football. I mean, I love it's. It's like the it's like the Lance Lynn and Gibson thing last week. I liked it because of the same reason I like the Sunny Gray thing. It's not long-term deals that could hamstring the fr- yeah. the franchise for the second half of the year. I also enjoyed it because I knew all hell would break loose from Cardinal fans, and that would entertain me, yeah. uh, even if I didn't share those opinions. Right. As a college football fan, and I'm a big college football fan, I think Georgia, I want to see Georgia get a chance to go against, I guess, Michigan or Oregon. I think Oregon is That'd live. That would be a fun matchup. If it's Michigan, I think the probably would be Michigan against Oregon, so I don't think they would have the chance to play both, but who knows. Um, I guess if Florida State wins, it was Florida State be the four and a one-loss Oregon be three. Otherwise, you could see it be Georgia-Oregon and then Michigan and Florida State. That is live. Yeah, I think Oregon is a, a good amount better than Florida State. I, I don't know how they would seed those. But either way, with that all said, um, I, I, the, the chaos that would ensue, especially if it were two SEC teams and if they somehow got left out. And then it's not like it's all due respect to our alma mater, Missouri. It's Texas. The year they're leaving the Big 12, so Big 12 ain't going to necessarily really support them. Yep. The year they go into the SEC and then they go in ahead of Georgia and Alabama, should that happen? Woo! Cats and dogs! Cats and dogs! Cats and dogs indeed, Tim. Yes. And, I mean, like... By the way, think- Georgia plays Alabama and Texas next year. Yeah. Georgia's schedule next it's year. Brutal. What in the name? Yeah, I think every other year an SEC team is going to have a schedule that is going to be so daunting that uh, fan bases will just cry before the season. Georgia starts. plays Clemson, Tennessee, Florida, at Alabama, at home against Auburn, at home against Mississippi State, 
apparently Tennessee again. That's new. They get two. two Home and home. Kentucky at Ole Miss and at Texas. What in the name of the Lord? That's what I would like set up our plan that EA Sports game. Yeah, for real. Like I got to make it challenging. For real, that I'll is. I'll play Tennessee twice. I don't know. I just got to fill out the schedule. I don't know what that is, but I see Tennessee twice on this uh, fbschedules.com thing. That's is it. Am I already late for JR? Yes, I'm late for JR. I just can't, I can't do it. I can't do one hour program. Really? I mean, I can try, try yeah. and I have for two years, but time management is horrible. All right, we'll break. Jeremy Rutherford is going to join us on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungin S. Burkhardt. All the Toyota on 101 Eastman. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. Jackson, this microphone is... I can't... I can't get it to stop rising and falling. It, yeah. It's like when I was trying to get out of bed in my, like my sophomore year. I can try to find somebody to like hold it up during the show the entire time. Yeah, we probably ought to get somebody to authorize that expense. Jeremy Rutherford joins us right now to give us his perspective. And you wanted to brag to everybody that you memorized his phone number. I did, yes. Him and Gabe DeArma, the only oh, two wow. sports writers I know their phone number by heart. JR, you have to be honored. Oh, I am. I am. Along with the uh, Oklahoma Timberbucks three-point percentage, he memorizes uh, my phone number. And Oklahoma Timberbucks? Yeah. Come on, JR. <laughs> Those are like brother. fighting words for Jackson. That's like the only way that you can get his dander up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say thought I, was, I, I, did, I thought I was going to say yeah. yeah. I felt, I'm having a, be- a rough second half. Are you really? Well, I, I stepped on the however, you and did. then I, st- I had a... Well, everybody, everybody's tuned in here. We've broken records on the YouTube, JR, to, to see Jackson's new Pat Riley hair that he's debuted. Right. <laughs> to <laughs> avoid the Gene Shallot situation. Not near a computer. I couldn't pull it up. Oh, when you you do that, I was I'll send you a selfie right now, JR. <laughs> yeah, send him a selfie. That'll be great. Now that you memorize his phone number. I don't know what to make of the weekend. I, I, I feel like every Monday I say the same thing. I mean, either they're great or they're terrible, and we saw we saw both uh, since we, we last we did see both. since we last talked. I mean, poor the people who are like oh, and the, the great Jenna Fisher, Pam Beasley was there on Friday. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, wanted to go with the family. They're in town. Let's go watch the Blues play. A little matinee tilt. I don't know. Worried about Missouri, Arkansas. We'll watch the Blues and Predators and see Ryan O'Reilly. What in the name of the Lord happened there? And then you got the old dad's trip. And Cam Jansen told me a couple years ago, Jr. Hey, if you're ever really looking for a game to bet, anytime the dads tra- travel with us, bet the Blues. I go, oh, good knowledge. And I'm telling you, I don't know if they've lost since. <laughs> it, we saw a little bit of both. We did. And, and uh, I think after uh, Thanksgiving, you had the game against the Predators. And Jenna Fisher and her family saw a bad one. 8-3, you take it on the chin. And you come back, and you're right. Cam's right. 8-1-1 one, one now. That's on what it is. Trip with that win uh, yesterday. So they've been uh, really good. And, you know, Tim, we've been trying to figure this team out all season. And I think when you ride the roller coaster, it's going to be difficult. This team's going through a retool. I've been saying since day one, if you've set your expectations on a team that's going to be a a contender, I think you're evaluating, you know, is going to be difficult throughout the year. Uh, But if you put things in perspective and realize that this team's going through that retool, you know, you look at the big picture, 23 points, sitting in the first wild card spot after 20 games and you're just three points behind 
Dallas and Winnipeg. I think if you're the Blues and most of the reasonable fans, you got to like this situation. Uh, I think uh, one of the focal points here over the last five or six games would be what we're seeing from Jake Neighbors, and uh, and that was on full display yesterday afternoon in Chicago. But it uh, it's kind of been uh, a body of work situation. A friend of mine, uh, you know, the great Kevin Lorenz, used to be on TMA, the Nonling, yep. texted me this, and I was listening to Chris Kerber's podcast this morning, and he said the same thing, and I think maybe Joey Vitale. Said said it, uh, reminding them of uh, a a blues player from the cup year that holds a lot of respect, and that is uh, Steen, and uh, seeing what he is able to do and also his level of compete. What do you think of those analogies? Yeah, real great comparison. I think, first of all, the professionalism, that's what struck me about Jake Neighbors since he walked in the door is the professionalism. He really gets it. But then also, like Steen, the versatility. I mean, you can yeah. talk about a guy. Remember Steen had that 30-goal year, uh, which was an outlier, but it showed that he could do it. But he could fill in your top line. He was a middle six guy and then, of course, went to the fourth line for the Stanley Cup team and, and did uh, wonders. And Jake Neighbors is kind of that way. Hey, listen, i got to be honest. Uh, Ten bold predictions at the beginning of the season, I said Jake Neighbors will play on that second line because I really felt like there was a spot there and he was capable of it. I was kind of surprised, Tim, when Craig Bruby said he's an identity player and he started him out on the fourth line. You know, maybe that was just kind of getting his feet wet, but already we've seen neighbors jump from the fourth line to the second line to the first line, and he's handling his own. So, you know, typically it's hard to sustain that and do that for a long time, but I say the Blues keep him there until he proves otherwise. Jeremy Rutherford with us here on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. You can watch the show on 101 ESPN's channel on YouTube, uh, brought to you by the Air Alliance Team Studio Cameras. Uh, JR, as far as the net minding, certainly rough on Friday and got some bounce back yesterday. Your thoughts on what we saw uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend? Yeah, it, it hasn't been great, uh, the goaltending, but that's kind of like the team. Uh, you know, I don't think that I've watched a lot of games lately where I thought, uh, hey, the team's great and the goaltending's losing them games. You know, it's it's kind of been indicative of how the team's playing is where the goalies have been. And, you know, big picture, looking at the 20 games, I think we're about where you expected, maybe even a little better off when you look at how good Bennington was at the start of the year. And, you know, Hofer, just a young rookie kind of going through this for the first time, you know, I didn't know uh, really what to expect. He's had some good moments and he's had some hiccups. So, you know, overall, I thought these guys were playing great early part of the season. Bennington was winning you some games and, and now they've come back down to uh, earth a little bit. But uh, the goals were going in, you know, numerous goals the last stretch of games, Tim. But I think the Blues have kind of gotten better back to their uh, collective defense. They're playing tighter. They're playing together. We saw that yesterday, and that's what they need to get back to, or else, you know, that's what we're going to see with uh, some of the goals against. Off to Minnesota tomorrow uh, as the uh, dads make the trip, and then back home on Thursday to take on the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, At the 20-game mark, what would you say has been the biggest surprise to you? Yeah, first of all, you got to take Cam's advice. Bet that game tomorrow, 9-1-1 against the Minnesota uh, wild and they uh, the wild have lost seven in a row so uh, this is going to be I think a good game for the Blues to come out and keep this going Tim and 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 like I said just a few points back as some of those teams ahead of them in the central but you know biggest surprise kind of best uh, storyline for the first 20 games you know lately has been neighbors for sure I think you know if you could have him have a, a breakout year that's good for the future of the club because you got some good scores coming in and here's a guy who can do other things. Uh, in your system. You know, I would say the biggest storyline is, is probably 
a Colton Preco, and we've probably looked past that by now. Like we're just assuming and taking for granted the fact that he's playing well, but that wasn't the situation going into the season. You know, a lot of people still thinking about last year and the year that he had and, you know, the long contract that he has, but uh, he's been marvelous. The defense has been pretty good for the most part, and I just don't think we can forget about how atrocious it was last year. And yeah. how, uh, you know, Doug Armstrong was just kind of crucified for not upgrading it, uh, and he tried to do what he could do, really couldn't pull anything off. Uh, but for the most part, it's looked pretty solid. It, this, is a, this is a weird spot because as we sit here right now, this is a team that would be in the playoffs if the season ended, but I don't know how Doug Armstrong would approach it uh, if if this is around where they're lurking. There aren't obvious moves to make as far as a sell goes, and then there isn't a lot of room uh, for acquisitions. So I, I wonder what his mindset would be if the Blues are still in this spot in trade deadline time. Yeah, a lot of time between now and then, of course. But if I'm thinking like Doug Armstrong would probably be thinking if this were the trade deadline, I think he'd go into it cautious. I don't think he's paying any prices to to add and make this team better and think that, okay, it's a second, third round team. You know, I think he'd just kind of take it as it is. Hey, I like this team. They got into the playoffs. They snuck in as a as a wild card. What kind of moves are out there? Could you upgrade? but I'm not going to do it at any expense of uh, some of these prospects who, who are coming up. And I think whether we're sitting here in late November, early December, or we're sitting there at the deadline, February, March, I think that's how he's going to look at this whole year. Jeremy Rutherford with us. You can read him on The Athletic, hear him throughout the week on 101 ESPN and on TMA. He joins us every Monday on Balloon Party. JR, always appreciate the time, and uh, check your phone, because Jackson just sent you a selfie with his uh, new Pat Riley look. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, we'll check it out. Hey, and we have a big piece. I think it's going to come out tomorrow. I followed Craig Bruby around for an entire game day last week in uh, Arizona, so we got the blow-by-blow of what he does throughout the day and have that ready to go. I think it'll be tomorrow at the Athletic. Nice. I'm looking forward to reading that. I remember talking to you last week as you were doing that, so I'm looking forward to reading that. That's coming out on The Athletic. JR with us every Monday. Thanks, JR. All right, talk to you Wednesday, TMA. There it is. Jeremy Rutherford with us here on Balloon Party. Time for us to go, Jackson. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been real fun. Nice. Time to go, though. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm trying to make a big second half comeback. Yeah, that was tough after stepping on the however. I'm like Alabama right now, 4th and 31. Charge, 4th and 31. Uh, BK and Ferrario are coming up next. Thank you to the people in the YouTube chat for setting a record. I mean, my God. If you would have said over under today, 162 and a half viewers, I would have gone, oh, I don't know. I would have thought And then it. we doubled it. We doubled it. Yeah, shout out, shout out, Don Peepee. Yeah, I mean, I gotta, I gotta get him on the payroll, Don Peepee. Yeah. Uh, BK and Ferrario coming up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.